This is KCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. The opinions expressed on the show are not necessarily those of the regents of the University of California, nor management of KUCI. Uh, coming up, subversely with Dan Zhang, uh, we're going to be talking with uh, actor, a Vietnamese-American actor, uh, Dustin Nguyen. And if you're old enough, you might remember him from 21 Jump Street. But he's done a lot more since then. And he's currently actually in three movies that are showing at the VC Film Festival of Visual Communication uh, Asian Pacific, LA Asian Pacific Film Festival that's showing um, right now. And he's especially uh, exciting. He's going to be in uh, this exciting film uh, called The Rebel. Uh, That's uh, the closing night film at this VC Film Festival. And The Rebel, as well as another film he was in, uh, was made in Vietnam. And we'll be talking with him momentarily. Uh, Let's go back uh, to some um, music. But before that, um, let's let's, um, inform everybody that uh, this is the closing day of our UCI fund drive. And we're trying to... um, get more support for this station so that we could put on programs like the one you're listening to, like this program, Subversity, which has been on the air since 1993 uh, with an interlude of two years where we were on a break. But uh, if you like the programming of uh, shows like this and other shows in the public affairs, especially series, uh, the KUCI Talk uh, section of KUCI, which um, also airs music shows, as you know, uh, do call in at 824-5824 and pledge. Uh, There's a whole list of premiums that you can um, pick um, to satisfy your uh, pledge or to uh, satisfy yourself from pledging. Uh, You'll get something, not just uh, be able to have the station on the air, but also CDs, um, other gifts, T-shirts, the KUCI's uh, excellent T-shirt. Uh, so call 824-5824, 824-5824, if you're interested in um, and able to uh, give a donation. Uh, call 824-5824. So coming up, we're going to be taking a look back at the at the uh, visual communication uh International Film Festival. Uh, this past few weeks, I've been going to three film festivals. The one based at UC Irvine, which was the Vietnamese International Film Festival, where Dustin uh, Nguyen also uh, uh, appeared in. Uh, the film The Rebel had its world premiere in um, at UC Irvine, uh, and that was this film that's based uh, uh, that was filmed in Vietnam. Uh, a martial arts genre film, uh, but uh, made in Vietnam and um, set in the colonial period, the French colonial period, where for once uh, Dustin Nguyen plays a uh, bad guy. Um, He's been in a lot of uh, other films, romantic uh, films and comedies in other films, but this is the first time he's playing a bad guy. Uh, So we'll be talking with him shortly. the other um, the other films at the Vietnamese International Film Festival included a lot of Vietnamese films 
as well uh, from Vietnam as well as uh, the Vietnamese diaspora. And there was also the Newport Beach International Film Festival uh, that was right after or almost concurrent with the Vietnamese International Film Festival. And last Thursday, the VC Film Festival, the Visual Communication Asian American, Asian Pacific American uh, Film Festival uh, started. Uh, and there was uh, the um, opening night film at the VC Film Festival uh, last Thursday that um, I also had the privilege of attending. And that, uh, that film uh, drew in a packed crowd. And that was uh, Justin Lin's uh, uh, Finishing the Game, a kind of parody of the casting uh, call. Uh, that Asian American actors have to go through. And this was uh, uh, looking at a film, or uh, making a film about what happens if uh, a filmmaker wants to finish a film that uh, Bruce Lee uh, has died, and we need to finish uh, the rest of the film. And so it's a kind of spoof of the of the martial arts industry as well, of the ma- martial arts films as well as... Uh, the casting call that Asian Americans have to go through, and Dustin also was in that film. Uh, Justin Lin was on our on our uh, on this station uh, on the show when he put out Better Luck Tomorrow, which was a set in Orange County about uh, a base uh, loosely, I think, on this uh, murder that happened at a Fullerton High School, um, and so. This is the emerging, uh, the, these uh, festivals promote and uh, display the talent of emerging artists as well as established actors such as Dustin. Uh, and so we'll be talking with him in uh, a few minutes. Uh, let's uh, have a break. Uh, but before that, uh, call 824-5824 and pledge your support for this station, 824-5824. You're listening to uh, KCI here on uh, in Irvine. Uh, the show is firstly with Dan Zhang. Uh, with us on the line is uh, Dustin Nguyen, uh, the actor. Uh, welcome, Dustin. Yeah, good morning. Thank you for having me. Uh, thanks for doing this. Uh, uh, Dustin is uh, appearing in actually three films currently showing in Los Angeles. Uh, as part of the uh, Visual Communication uh, Film Festival. uh, And um, the the one that's coming up is The Rebel. And that's set in colonial French, uh, French colonial Vietnam, uh, where he actually plays a bad guy. Yes, Uh, that's that's correct. Yeah, The Rebel, or um, in Vietnamese, it's uh, Yong Mao and Hong, is is, is my first... uh, um, bad bad villain role in the <laughs> in the feature film so um it was it was uh, it was quite exciting to do was that fun it was a lot of fun you know i i, I think when you when you talk to actors you know they the, the most of them would tell you that the that that the fun roles are the bad bad guys you know people always talk about you they might not talk about you in a good light but they, they always talk about you because <laughs> you know, you're the one person that that brings problems to the uh, leading actors in, in the movie. So, did you have to go um, go to uh, spend a lot of time in Vietnam to 
uh, or do a lot of research to get into that um, period, that time period? Well, uh, what yes, what I what I not actual physical time in Vietnam because um, when when Charlie. Uh, Gwen, uh, the director of the film, uh, contacted me and, and offered me the role. I, um, uh, of course, by that time, I had about two weeks to get my uh, affairs in order here uh, to leave for wow. Vietnam. So, uh, what you know, of course, Charlie had been doing a lot of research in the last, uh, the previous year. So he um, he sent me a lot of pictures. Uh, I asked him, I said, you know, if you have pictures of that period, because I like to get a feeling of, of the people and what they looked like and what they what they wore, the clothing. Uh, because for me, a lot of the times, um, the clothing uh, gives, gives, me, gives me clues in terms of, like, uh, um, how people possibly move in the clothes that they wear. Mm. And, um, and also... Sometimes clothes um, also give you clues in terms of where they are in in society, and and, and typically speaking, you know, during the colonial period of of any country, whether it's the Dutch colonizing Indonesia or in our case the French colonizing Vietnam, you know, there's a there's a ranking in society. Oh, what do you mean rank? Oh, you mean a class structure? Yeah, class structure, and and uh, and of course, you know the. What's interesting to me is if you are a Vietnamese, and you are working for the French, who of course is, is at that time is the 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 top of the class in society. Um, you know, you sort of dress like them, and how does that affect your body language and the way you perceive yourself amongst your own people? You know, of course, because the contrast is there were pictures of Vietnamese uh, who were not with the French, and they dressed completely different. Um, you wore a suit the whole time. Yeah, no, and then, so the, oh. the suits actually, you know, came from the French influence, yes, you know, but the, the, the people who, who were... Um, traditional Vietnamese, um, certainly the rebels, you know, had nothing to wear, really. Yeah. But some of the, the tradition, the older Vietnamese regime, uh, the emperors or the kings or whatever sure. back then, they, you know, they wore more like sort of like an ao yai or, or, yeah. or a version of that, you know, from a very sort of a robe uh, type of of uh, of a, of a dress code. And, and, and you do carry yourself differently when you wear these sort of things. Even the guys, so, yeah, yeah because, of course, yeah, of course, and yeah. um, so that that was this research that I did, you know, and 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 of course there were things that were written in the screenplay already um, that give you some clues. Uh, as far as the character, uh, I just sort of approach it, um, you know, like like a like a regular person, and what I mean is, I, I didn't really approach C. Uh, uh-huh. Like oh you know this is a this is a villain I'm gonna do a villain I'm gonna make some choices of what a bad guy is I, I never really thought of him as a bad guy when I was preparing mm-hmm. the character. So was did you have to learn French at all or, or did you yes, know French? Yes, I had to learn a bit of French. Uh-huh. Uh, I spoke some French in the film, right? And that was uh, that was fun as well. And of course, you know, the, um, very nerve wracking. <laughs> Not <laughs> only I had a lot of pressure on me to speak uh, Vietnamese for the first time in a movie and um, and then you threw in the French but I have to say the French was much easier for me 
uh, uh, than than the Vietnamese because I, I think I really wanted to please the Vietnamese audience, and I, I didn't want to come off, you know, like a fake and not mm-hmm. speaking Vietnamese properly, and, and but particularly the kind of Vietnamese uh, in the 1920s, mm. you know, were much more flowery and more more formal. Yeah, formal. But, yeah, yeah, more formal, and so it, for me, it was like almost learning another language. Oh my gosh! Wow. How about the martial arts? You knew martial arts already. You had done a lot of that already, right? Well, I haven't done a lot of martial arts movies, but uh, I've done some on films. Um, uh, on a on a TV show VIP that I did, I oh, did yeah. quite a bit of it, and I had a lot of fun. But uh, uh, typically, you know, I'm not. People usually, uh, people in the industry who are doing the hiring usually don't think of me as sort of the martial art action guy when they when they cast a movie, believe it or not. Huh. Uh, I never really promoted myself that way uh, because I, I think there's a lot of people who are martial arts um, uh, actors who, who does a wonderful job and, and, and you know, that's, that's their field. And, right. And, I just have always tried to sort of develop myself more as a dramatic actor. But this, you know, on the personal level, of course, I've studied um, martial arts and I've practiced it, you know, for like 15 years. So uh, I, I felt comfortable doing the moves and I certainly feel comfortable enough to, to pick up the choreography on the spot. And and Johnny uh, Gwynn, of course, is a tremendous, tremendous... Uh, you've seen the film, of course. Yes, yeah, I saw it you at know, the He's diff. like a human special effect, you know. There was, I mean, he didn't yeah, use any incredible. wire, and he's extremely talented. And when you're working with someone like him, uh, you know, we were able to sort of trust each other and just sort of make up moves on, on the spot sometimes, or we would discuss the certain things right before on the day of shooting, and just it would take a few rehearsals, and we'll be clicking, and... And and it was nice to work that way. It was very rare because some, sometimes my experience in the past when you when you're doing a fight scene mm-hmm. with an actor that's not experienced uh, with martial arts or or some some actors are just not very physically uh, comfortable. So they they're very awkward when they're doing action and and they get of course you know when the camera is rolling you get very excited and you get you get nervous and everything is amped up and and people get hurt, you know, and yeah, if you yeah. don't have the physical control, you can't pull the punches or the kicks, and, and I mean, fighting in films is so much harder than <laughs> fighting in real life, in, in a sense where, first of all, you got to do it over and over again, mm. and then you got to really pull all the punches so that you don't hurt your, your co-star, and, and, and that gets very tiring. But you were pretty spontaneous then, I mean, you didn't train much for this, the fight scenes. I I embarrassed to say that I, I did not 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 because I, I didn't want to train, but <laughs> I would just I would just not in very good physical condition when I when I came on to the film. I hadn't exercised or anything. I had a really busy um, uh, year previously to shooting the Rebel, and uh-huh. and I yeah. just literally did not even do one single form of exercise and. So I was uh, when I got to Vietnam. Uh, of course, they've been training the stunt team and No Tan Vung, the leading lady in the film, yeah. and Johnny had been training every day, you know, for two months, and 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 they had started doing some choreography of of some of the fight sequence in the film. That way, we can sort of work out ahead of time what we're going to do. And she had so, never fought before, 
uh, these scenes, uh, fought these done martial arts before. Right. The actress, yeah. Yeah, and 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 uh, so you know, I of course I said, oh yeah, great. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna train and I'm gonna um, join them uh, and try to sort of you know get into the spirit of things and and I remember showing up uh, the first day there and. <laughs> and I started. I think I started like training for for like half an hour, throwing some kicks around, and and it became very clear to me that I was in such bad condition, at least for my own standard. Uh-huh. And uh, I said, "Oh God, you know, I can't do this because I, I might hurt myself during training, and which wouldn't be good for the production at all." So I just decided. I said, "You know," and then slowly, every time the guys would call me, "Hey, come on, let's go train today," and I'm like. You know, I have to, I have, I have to pick up my mom. I have to do this. I have to do that. You know, of course, my mom wasn't even in Vietnam. But no, they, they knew I was joking. You know, I, I told Johnny. I said, look, I, um, I'm, I'm pretty confident that I can pick up the fights. You know, if you work the fights out with the stunt team, and then we sh- we come to the set and then we go over it a couple of times, and uh, and I can pick it up pretty fast. And uh, I'd rather do that than taking a chance of you know hurting myself in training. Did you have to do a lot of scenes over again, or, or is it impossible? Um, I mean, was was there a lot of reshoots uh, for the fights? Yeah, for general? the fights. For the fights. Um, no, no, no. Um, hmm. a reshoot? You mean coming back another day to fix it? Yeah. No, no, none of that. First of all, we we didn't have the luxury of time, you know, on money to reshoot things. And luckily, again, uh, I think Johnny was very prepared. He um, and the stud team was very prepared where they would, you know, by the time we shoot a certain action scene, you know, I would I would say 80-90% of the choreography and how he was going to shoot it, you know, what angle and where was already worked out in, in pre-production. So everything went very smooth. You know, we didn't have to reshoot any action sequence. Um, and we were able to, uh, at least the fights with Johnny and I, we were able to move through the fights uh, um, pretty easy. Not easy, but we didn't have to do a lot of takes. You know, I mean, there were some times where the big final fight at the end of the film, of course, was was the you know the the, the, the big climatic fight, and we shot for three days, hmm. just Johnny and I fighting, I and mean, for like 18, 20 hours a day, it was just <laughs> unbelievably challenging. Uh, of course, in the hottest month of Vietnam, on top of that. Right, right. Summer. Yeah, yeah which is, I think it was, I believe it was like in April, towards the end of April, and we were up near the uh, the Chinese border, Vietnam and China border, and um, it was just uh, unbelievable. I've never, I've never sort of worked so hard in my life, you know. Not much shade there. There weren't any at all. I mean, huh. uh, uh, there's a train, uh, you know, not to give anything away in the film, but of course the, the ending sequence takes place involve a train. And the only shade I, I remember, gosh, you know, those, those poor crew, um, we, because um, uh, inside the train, of course, you know, was filled with equipment and, and some of the train compartments were what we call a hot set, which means it's already established for shooting, so you can't really lounge around. Hmm. Because you might move things around that doesn't match later. Oh, I see. Yeah. So, so the only source of shade I remember during lunchtime, a meal break, we all would actually like go underneath the train. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and and <laughs> that was sort of like our 
Been something. <laughs> the, it was fun, you know. It was, yeah. it was really difficult uh, uh, physically to to shoot this film for everyone. But uh, looking back on it, it was also a lot of fun, and, and there's, there's a sense of a big family, and we all sure. were were you know had one thing in common. We were just really believed in in this film, and we were giving the film you know 300 of, of everything we got. How about the use of uh, explosives in in the film? Um, was it easy to get that, given that you know you're you're coming oh, no, from U.S. No, and that, I would have to say uh, I certainly can't speak for Charlie, the director, right. but I know for a fact that one of the biggest biggest challenge we had on the production were the special special effects with with guns and explosions. Historically speaking, Vietnam um, as a country and Vietnam as, as a cinema uh, is, has not done uh, much with explosives and, 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 you know, firing guns and things like that. So the idea of a specialist, of someone in Hollywood, we would call it a, um, you know, uh, uh, an armor or someone who, who handle guns or, or mm. special effects which handle explosions. Um, does not exist over there. Uh, they have people who who does it, but of course they don't. You know, they don't have the experience of a Hollywood person. And certainly, uh, the idea of handling uh, explosives, uh, gunpowders, and things like that is it, it, it's you know you have to have license from the government and you have to have permits to to use this sort of thing. And for us, we had a fellow. Uh, a locally hired uh, team that um, didn't quite work out. Let's put it that way, and it really put us behind. And uh, finally, they had to bring someone in from Thailand, mm. which involves a whole set of permits. You know, especially when you're already in the middle of shooting the film, we had to bring people in from Thailand, and then you have to get permits for these people to come in. And when when they come in, they have to bring their own team. You know, they're not going to come in and work with somebody in Vietnam that they don't trust or know about. Mm -hmm. um, and they got to bring in their own equipment, which means they got to bring in their own explosives <laughs> and all the riggings, <laughs> and <laughs> which, you know, of course, the government of Vietnam is like, wait a minute, you know, <laughs> you're bringing explosives into the country, you know. Yeah. Not, so there's a whole thing you got to go through permits and and people have to sign off on it because, you know, and I, we totally understand, you know, you can't just have a bunch of people from foreigner <laughs> bringing explosive equipment into the country. For sure. But I have to say the the, the, the Vietnamese government were, were, were so helpful and so cooperative and they signed off on, on things that we needed and, and made it happen, you know, made it possible for us to to uh, get through that obstacle. Yeah, that's really great. Um, another question on uh, this whole collaboration with the with the G Vietnamese government on this film. Um, did you have a, uh, like a minder, uh, somebody who was from the cultural ministry watching uh, the yes, shooting? Yes, we did. It, it is a very standard um, procedure, very standard uh, um, 
to have a, a particular person, a, a signed person that works for the censors uh, bureau, and they they would follow you, and they they are on the set uh, every day. Um, and their job is uh, is the liaison between the production company and these censors uh, um, to make to make sure that you were shooting uh, the scenes and the script that were uh, that were agreed between the two parties. Were there any, were there any incidents? Or? I'm sorry. Were there any incidents over over the scenes? No, not at all. Not Again, at all. we we um, had you know amazing um, support from from the uh, the government and the censors and the arts and culture uh, ministry, um, and I think a lot of it had to do with uh, you know the idea is any production you want to shoot in Vietnam, and I'm I'm sure it's no different in China and other countries. Sure. Uh, you, the script has to be approved by the government, mm-hmm. um, and once you agreed upon a certain script, they want to make sure that you, you shoot the script, and you're not going to add things in there that don't belong there, because it's been, apparently been done in the past, where certain production companies would come in, and, and then later when they go back to their homeland, wherever that is, and they would shoot other scenes <laughs> that were not, you know, signed off on, and of course... That's not that's not good. You broke your promise, and uh, uh, particularly scenes that had you know delicate issues, political issues. Mm-hmm. Our movie is not a political movie, as, uh, of course, but again, the idea is um, for us. It it was again we had great support, and I think I think they also realize after a couple of weeks that they they trust us, and they, they certainly trust Charlie as a director and the production team. That we weren't going to pull any, you know, tricks or any anything behind their back and things like that. Um, you know, there were there were very good dialogue going on. I mean, certainly the censor there. You know, he basically was having coffee with us, talking and laughing, sure. and you know, they're not there. To, they're certainly not an outcase to tell you how to shoot your movie and what to do and all that. I think again, I think it's a mutual respect. Um, an understanding that you develop uh, in this sort of a relationship. For sure. Uh, was this the f- first major film you've done back in Vietnam? It is the first film ever uh, I've done in Vietnam, and um, and the first film certainly that I speak Vietnamese. How was it going back to? Uh, you've been back several times before, obviously. No, no, right? I, I no? Have not actually. I, oh wow! Huh. My parents been back uh, quite a few times. And um, for me, it, 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 the timing has just never worked out, and I certainly didn't want to uh, go there for the first time uh, without my parents, or certainly without someone who, who would be able to take me around because I wouldn't know where to go, and of uh-huh. course the country has changed so much. Uh, certainly the city where I was born has changed so much. So, uh, uh, you know, when I wanted go to go, of course the timing didn't work out with my parents, and then when my parents were going, the timing didn't work out with me, and um, and when you when you go back on a on a on a film like The Rebel, of course um, it was fantastic because we were in places that I, I would normally not go to, I normally wouldn't have access to these very small villages and small towns uh, in the north that we were shooting at. Um, 
so it was just a great way to to see the country and um, and to see the there there were people that some of the villagers that we actually used for the background in the movie mm-hmm. uh, were people who were actually live in the in the village. You know, they they're not from from central casting where you get extras. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, they just don't have anything like that in Vietnam. Certainly not in these little villages. Uh, did what was the reaction of the people? Did they know who you were, or that you had acted in other films? And well, they uh, well certainly not in these little villages. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they the, the people in uh, Saigon. I think uh, some of the other young people sort of knew me. Uh, um, if they were, they they sort of the. Uh, the privileged families who who get to go back and forth, you know, oh, yeah. here they don't get American TV there. Typically speaking, certainly not um, when I was on TV. You know, the the VIP and the Twenty One Jump Street days. Right, right. They get a lot of American movies, so the press there uh, knew who I were, or knew off me. Uh, but it wasn't, you know, in the street. It was it was great because it was in a situation. I think most of the people in the street didn't know who I was. Yeah. Um, uh, nor should they. I mean, it's uh, yeah. busy making a living, and 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 it was very refreshing to me to be able to sort of talk to people. You know, the 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 the, the taxi drivers and um, the say old guy, and I love those guys. You know, they they yeah. they just mm. wait all day long and sit oh, in the yeah. corner of their, their spot with their little moped, and they give you a ride around town for you know a very modest amount of money. Sure. And for me, it was just a great time just to sort of blend in and walk around the city and talk to various people and the lady that sells the, you know, the bun meat, the Vietnamese sandwich in the corner. And it, it, so they, well, a long way to answer your question, but no, they, uh, when I came there, they, most people didn't know who I was, except for the, the, the press, of course, when they found yeah. out that I was doing a movie there, um, you know, we, I, they wanted to do some interviews and things like that. And, of course, there was a lot of curiosity about the rebel, yeah, uh, from the press, and um, so we, we, you know, we, the press was aware of, of who I was and who the film, what the film was doing there. Did the rebel uh, open yet in um, in Vietnam? Yes, we uh, we had our premiere um, two weeks ago, and then it opened wide last weekend uh, in in Saigon and, and the whole entire Vietnam and. Uh, I've been told that it's, it's just doing amazingly well there, and it's uh, well received. I was there for the premiere. I, I wasn't there for the for the wide release. But and the premiere was in um, Saigon. Saigon. Oh, yeah. Well, we did a we did one small one in Hanoi, and the big one was in in Saigon for all the press and all the VIPs, and um, it was just an overwhelming um, evening. I mean, just uh, oh wow. It's we were. Um, we were just so uh, 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 well received by everyone, and people were just so touched by the film, and uh, and also entertained. Uh, more importantly, and yeah. um, the uh, the emotions and the support that was sort of poured out towards us in terms of afterwards after the film, which is uh, uh, like I said, was just overwhelming. I think all of us were, were very emotional and. You know, we were very, uh, I mentioned earlier, we were very nervous to show the film there, and, and we worked so hard on it, and 
we just didn't know how people were going to react towards it. And of course, there had been so much uh, scrutiny and so much uh, attention from the press from the time we started shooting to now, and a lot of anticipation. And so we were just we were just very nervous about how the film was going to be accepted there. Did um, do you think you, now you'll be on the cover of uh, these celebrity mag? They have celebrity magazines too, I guess, of film stars and. Um, well, they have they have so many newspapers and magazines yeah, there. Yeah. You won't believe it for a small country. Uh, I've never seen just the newspapers alone on a daily basis. There's got to be like twenty, thirty newspapers, and uh-huh. and then you get all the different kinds of magazines and the fashion magazines and the f- entertainment magazines right. and. Uh, there's quite a lot, and uh, have you made I, have you made the cover yet? <laughs> I've, I've been told by Charlie, uh, who yeah. came back last week from Vietnam, and uh. he said that apparently, you know, we're I'm on the cover of all these magazines and newspapers. Yeah, <laughs> that I've never even heard of before, and, uh-huh. um, and not just me, but you know, the cast is the cast, the film, yeah. and everyone's writing about us, and and uh, so I, I go the next I go the next week for oh, wow. the, the premiere of another film I did, Saigon Eclipse. So. I guess when I get over there, I'll, I'll get to to see the reaction of them. In in Saigon Eclipse, um, you know that's uh, kind of a, a modern take on the tale of Kiel, uh, yes. uh about uh, set set in today's society. Um, do you think that? I mean, one of the I think problems with that um, the image it seems is does it give? Do you think it gives the image that all these, uh, all the Vietnamese women are willing to sacrifice themselves for the, <laughs> for the family and mm-hmm. go into what? What do you think of that host uh, motif? Well, uh, first of all, for sure, it's a very controversial yeah. um, adaptation. You know, when 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 you're dealing with a story that is so iconic as uh, as a story of Q, yeah, uh, it's always a delicate. Uh, uh, Issues, I think, for for the filmmaker or storyteller. I, uh, you know, Otello Khan, the director of the film, his, his desire wasn't so much of of he wanted to to do a modern adaptation of Q. Uh, I think more importantly, his desire was to make a film in present day Vietnam, present day Saigon, and show Saigon as it is today. And why he picked the story of Q, I'm, I'm not sure. And I don't think I've actually had a conversation with him about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I do know that his his from where he's coming from, he is first of all he's half French, half Vietnamese. Just for the audience out there listening, and, and he's been living in in Vietnam for the last uh, 12 years and working there, and have a one of, probably the biggest pro- commercial production company. And has a, a, a strong, strong, strong love for for Vietnam as a country, and certainly he's, he's quite a patriot. And I think his his he always wanted to make a film that expressed his his love for the for the country, Vietnam, and 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 the way it is today, and, and want to get beyond the Vietnam War. So when he when he chose Q, I think there's an allegory. Um, you know, there's an element there uh, in terms of uh, as, as people who knows the story of Q is basically uh, Vietnam, and and Q is basically can be looked upon as Vietnam is sort of a beautiful object thing that everybody wants a piece of, and Vietnam through the years, as we all know, 
various countries have come and go and tried to conquer it and mm-hmm. tried to colonize mm-hmm. it. And, and at the end, you know, Vietnam finally sort of gained their, her independence and, and, and overcome, advers- you know, adversarial sort of really, uh, um, hardship and everything. And so for Paolo, I think that's what he, that's what he really uh, liked about the, the story of Q. Again, I, I don't want to speak too much on for him because right. you have to speak to him yourself. But sure, sure. That, that's what was communicated to me while we were making the film. So the, uh, I mean, I thought it was a wonderful role for you. And um, did you, you had just finished The Rebel and then jumped on this project? Yes, almost immediately. I, um, it wasn't, it wasn't by design. I, I certainly didn't know I was going to do that when I, when I arrived to Vietnam. But I did meet Otelo Khan. He came, he came to Los Angeles with his producer um, about, uh, let's see, we shot The Rebel. <laughs> we shot The Rebel in January. I arrived in January of last year in Vietnam. And then the, the, uh, no, October before that, the previous year, a couple of months before I, I came to Vietnam, I met Otelo in Los Angeles. He had came to Los Angeles with his producer and, and contacted my agent and wanted to meet with me. So we met for the first time and, and talked about the film he wanted to make. And um, I was very excited to meet an actual Vietnamese-American filmmaker from Vietnam. And um, But at that time, uh, his financing wasn't quite there yet. And he actually had offered me um, the, the sort of the second male lead in the film initially. Initially, my role was going to be a, a white actor, a Caucasian actor. Mm-hmm. Um, so we flash forward. I, I said to Otello when we said goodbye, I said, yeah, you know, um, I'm interested. Let me read the script and, and please keep me, you know, stay in touch. Uh, and then literally two weeks after that, I got a call from Charlie. And then we flash forward. I, I, I go to Vietnam. So I contacted Otello and I said, guess what? I'm coming to Vietnam to do this movie, The Rebel. So while I was in Vietnam in Saigon, I, um, you know, got to know Otello better. And while I was shooting The Rebel, Otello called me and said, look, I got all the financing together. Mm-hmm. And um, I also decided, you know, from the, from the moment I met you, I, I wanted you for the lead role. And um, I told my producer, I said, I don't want a you know, Caucasian actor to play the lead. You know, I want a Vietnamese-American, and, and you're perfect for it. And mm-hmm. So I just said to him, I said, you sure? Because, you know, I knew there was sort of business issues of having a Caucasian actor as a lead in the film and to make it more commercial mm-hmm. is what his producers are thinking. So, and I said, I, I understand how business works, you know. But um, he said, no, 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 I want, you know, I want you to be the lead in the film. And so that's kind of how it happened. And so I agreed on it, and the schedule was very tight. I had another film I had committed to in uh, in July yeah. uh, here. So basically, I had a window between um, beginning of May and uh, the beginning of July to do Saigon Eclipse. So they really went out of their way rescheduling things on Saigon Eclipse to make it happen for me. So literally, I, I finished... The Rebel, and got on a plane. We were up north in northern Vietnam. Mm. Uh, flew down to Saigon. I had uh, basically two days to sort of get my hair <laughs> color back to normal <laughs> and get a you know proper haircut and, uh, <laughs> and 
Yeah, it's actually I, I really actually I like the film, and uh, we j- I just saw it at this film festival in LA, uh, yes. the Vision uh, Visual Communications Film Festival. Um, the uh, I was going to ask you also about some earlier work you had done, uh, especially this film where you um, that was set in uh, was it on uh, was it Australia? Oh yeah, Sydney, yeah. Australia, Little Fish. You're right. Yeah, Little yeah. Fish, yes. How, how was that experience doing that film where you? Uh, um, Vietnamese, um, Vietnamese, uh, overseas Vietnamese, Australian, Vietnamese, Australian yeah. lead. Well, playing yeah. a Vietnamese Australian, uh, <laughs> of course, for me was was uh, very fulfilling. I I have never even thought of a Vietnamese Australian. Of course, you know there's so many Vietnamese in Sydney and, and Melbourne over there. Uh, sure, sure, sure. Th- this is a Little Fish is a Australian film starring Kate Blanchett and, uh, and probably some of the best best. Movie stars out of Australia: Sam Neill, Hugo Weaving, mm-hmm. and Kate Blanchett. Of course, needs no introduction. And this is her film follow-up film right after her Oscar win for The Aviator, mm-hmm. and her first film back in Australia in a long time since becoming a big Hollywood star. And I was offered this film. Um, well, not offered. Sorry, I I, um, I was lucky enough to. I auditioned for it for a few times, and it was a very long casting process. But it's uh, to play Kate Blanchett's um, love interest. It's a sort of a love story between Kate and I, and we are um, ex-lovers and ex-heroin addicts who are trying to um, start a new life. And um, and it's really about people in Sydney, the sort of the working class. Hmm people that you don't ever see in movies. They're very unglamorous. And mm-hmm. The kind of people that you wouldn't even look at, you know, in everyday life. And that's what I love about the story. It's a story basically really about, you know, an adult. What do you do when in, when you're in your 30s and you don't have the kind of life that was promised to you when you were growing up? And, and, and if you have a, a troubled past, which all of our characters did with heroin and all this, you know, what do you do when the future is, is, doesn't look too good? Um, How did you train for being a heroin addict? Well, I, I uh, Rowan Woods, who's the, uh, an amazing, amazing director, um, who I owe everything to, um, really believed in me and cast me in this uh, against the wishes of many people. Mm-hmm. Um, had done a lot of research and in interviewing heroin addicts and interviewing both people, Vietnamese people who come to Australia, interview every possible subject matter on the film, uh, had sent me uh, all these interviews on DVDs before I even went to Sydney and um, insisted that I I view these, you know, hours of people talking about their experience. So I had a really good start with that, and then they, of course, when I came to Sydney, they, they flew me there so I could learn the accent, and um, he introduced me to a few you know, heroin addicts and things, people who have been kind enough to share their experience, and so it was just me talking to them and try to understand where they're coming from and the addiction and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it, it was an amazing experience to work with top, top-notch people in their field, um, uh, it's just an invaluable experience, and it was at a time where I, I actually had given up acting mm. 
for a couple of years, I was I was not happy with the kind of roles that were available to Asian American males mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. Hollywood, and um, it really restored my my love for for acting and for the craft. When Tate, you know, of course, you're yeah. working for me. It's um, I, I I can always take that to the grave. You know, I worked mm-hmm. with Kate Blanchett, and <laughs> can't get any better than that. Uh-huh. Talking the, about uh, masterclass. Yeah, everything. the uh, you st- you went to school in Orange County um, to uh, college, um, o- OCC, yes, Orange Coast College. Um, at that time, did you know you wanted to be an actor? No, I actually at that time I wanted to be a filmmaker. Huh. More specifically, I wanted to be a, a movie director. I wanted to be the I wanted to be the storyteller. I've had a, a love for films ever since I can remember as a little child. And I, I, you know, I always said, one day I'm going to make movies. You know, I just love movies. I love the feeling of when the lights go down and everyone gets quiet. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so when I was at OC, my intention was, um, my intentions were to, to get my general education in OC because mm-hmm. I was not from California, so I had to sort of establish my residency. Mm-hmm. And I was applying for the UCLA Film School. And, uh, uh, but I guess it wasn't meant to be. I, I got turned down. Uh, <laughs> the film department at UCLA, and uh, I was quite heartbroken. So I, I figured I had to wait another year to, to reapply. And during the process, I, um, a friend of mine who was an actor had had an agent, and she approached me. And um, I, I actually had used him in some of the film, little short films I was making back then, and. And she said, uh, you know, I, I, you want to give acting a, a try? You know, I, I don't have any actors your type. And I, of course, it's, didn't know anything about acting. I, I didn't even know what SAG stood for, you know, uh, a resume. I didn't even know what a resume was. And mm. so she just kind of kept at it. And, and my friend just said, look, man, you know, you've you got nothing to do while you're waiting. So why don't you give it a try? And... So it's one of those things that I just kind of got sort of pushed into, and and next thing I know, I you know I got a job, and <laughs> I was like scared out of my mind. I got a job on a, a show and, yeah. uh, and it was just a huge you know guest starring role, and I don't know to this day how I landed that job, but I but <laughs> I just did it, and but I, I wasn't like oh gosh, you know I found my calling. I you know, had my eyes set on uh, film school. But it just one thing happened after another. I, I started getting work as an actor, and and then I realized, you know, geez, you know, I, I actually enjoy this, and I should start training myself seriously. Mm-hmm. And I just started studying heavily um, with an acting teacher uh, named Sal Romeo, to this day, who, who I owe much to, and and really discovered there was something that, that that really fulfill my life the, the 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 craft of acting and and I you know life just have a funny way of taking you on a journey and and here I am you know, years later I'm still able to make a living as an actor before ending I think well I want to mention that you've been very active in the the Reef uh, Center on on campus. Uh, at at UCLA. Oh yes, yes. Uh, um, I work with a uh, my wife and I, Angela, work with an organization. Of course, uh, 
the Christopher Reeve uh, Foundation, and more importantly, we are the ambassadors for the Christopher Reeve Paralysis Resource Center. And of course, UCI has an affiliate with the Christopher Reeve uh, Center there as well. Right. And uh, what what I hope to do, and what our mission with the Reeves, uh, the Christopher Reeve um, Paralysis Center is, uh, let people, particularly in minority community, know that the Resource Center. You can con- you can contact them on the web if you type in Christopher Reeve Paralysis Resource Center. It is a place that arguably the the, the the biggest source of information for people who are living with some form of paralysis, uh, people who, who have been disabled, and the caregivers, and everything that you need to know to make your life easier, research, therapy, uh, insurance, financial help, uh, and all of it is, is, is free and available to you. you. You can even call their 800 number, which I don't have, but if you can look it up on the web, um, they will help you. And if you don't speak English, they will put you with a uh, translator with, within minutes on the phone, uh, over 50 languages that they have uh, wow. interpreters for. And their mission is, again, to help you make life easier for you if you are living with paralysis or if you are a caregiver to someone who's living with paralysis. Um, it's an invaluable source of information, and again, it costs you nothing. It's free, and uh, it's, it's worldwide. You know, we've had people calling from China and, and Asia wow. and or, you know, get on the web. And they just, they're just a wonderful, wonderful um, resource to have that most people, I think, in the minority communities don't know about, or they think it costs money to, right. to access the information. Well, thank you so much uh, for uh, this dialogue, uh, this conversation, um, and we have to have you back to talk more about these issues. Right, right. Yeah. Thank you for having me and talking about the rebel, uh, yeah. um, and, and it, it is, a, you know, I, I, we're looking forward to the uh, closing night at the uh, Los Angeles Asian Film Festival. And there's a w- website for the Rebel also on MySpace, right? It's on MySpace. Yep, it's on MySpace. Uh, the Rebel. There's a website there, and there's also uh, an official website called uh, YongMaoAndHome.net. So you can find it there, definitely. Oh, great! Thank you very much, Dustin. Okay, thank you. Oh, bye bye. Bye bye. Uh, that was Dustin Nguyen, uh, actor in the Rebel. That's uh, opening uh, in. Um, Los Angeles at uh, the Visual Communication um, Film Festival and it's the closing night on Thursday uh, evening at 7 I believe and the um, event is going to be at um, Little Tokyo the Japan Center there Uh, you can go on the web to find the location uh, www.vconline.org vconline.org or you can go to the Subversity website, and there'll be links there. KUCI.org slash tilde D-T-S-N-A-N-G. This is Dan Zhang signing off for Subversity. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.